This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, Georgie, check for Dadsy. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. (whistles) Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery free in terms supply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's like these people that say eating chilli with chocolate is great because it just goes. Fuck off. It's chilli and chocolate. They should be as far away from each other as humanly possible. Leicester City have a penalty kick in the sixth minute of injury time. Injury time. Injury time. Look out, takes. Almunia saves. Look out, follows in. Almunia saves again. And now what? But on the counter-attack. Forestieri. Oh, I don't believe this. Hello, you're listening to the Do Not Scratch Your Eyes podcast. I'm Justin. I'm Cole. And I'm Peter. We've had the first month of the new season. That's That's been and gone. That's in the history books. How are we going to describe it? What are we going to take from that first month of football? Let's, let's start with you, Carlos. Oh, thank you. No pressure. Um, it's, <laughs> been a complete, it's been a complete mixed bag of all sorts, hasn't it? Um, we started... We started so well against QPR. Goals dried up. We had a, a, a couple of games with no goals. And then very recently, we had too many goals in both nets. So it's uh, it's been a real <laughs> ri- mixed bag of, of all sorts at the moment. Bonkers, actually. I'd say it's bonkers so far this yeah. month. Well, so we're talking five points from 15, aren't we? If my mathematics mm. is correct. Not yeah. brilliant, is it? I think that leaves us 18th or something. Hmm, Peter, what are your thoughts? We are 18th. And if we look at it, on results, then we have to decide how well do we think the the squad that we've got is likely to be and compare it to that. So the first question of all of this will be about, obviously, during August, the transfer window was open and then indeed slammed in Sky Dramatic style shut. And, and you've got to ask, where do we expect this particular squad to be and now what kind of performances and therefore what results we've seen? Absolutely. We all know the first half against QPR was like, oh my God, this is this is fantastic stuff and we're seeing something that we haven't seen for absolutely ages i would suggest that for a long periods of time we've seen that performance level retained but it's been missing certain things which the first one would principally be goals obviously because we did go seven halves without a goal but it was like okay we won four nil we drew nil nil with plymouth we then lost two games one nil and then we had this bonkers game last week with, with Coventry where it was 3 all. And then I saw somebody saying on, on Twitter, oh, well, now we've got to win every game 6-5. And it's like, 
That's one game. <laughs> that's one game. And now you're suddenly saying, unless we score uh, with you, that's the end of it. I understand what he means because actually we've looked at it and thought, in order to score goals, we're leaving the back door open, perhaps, or rather, in uh, in Hoot and Backman's case, they're crashing through their own back doors. If you'll excuse the, uh, uh, the wow, you know. <laughs> Part of the euphemism there. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> but it, um, other euphemisms are available. But with the exception of that, it's been relatively tight at the back. Mm. And it's been kind of, well, how are we going to open it up? What's kind, what's kind of missing? And we saw what was missing. It has been brought in in the transfer window, which is somebody who plays as an out-and-out centre-forward who considers his job to be putting the ball in the back of the net. And he got two on, on Saturday up at, uh, up at Cov. The problem was we combusted at the back. And, I, and so I think I think overall, it's an interesting position to be. And I think we are more than the sum of our parts. So I think we're promising to be. That's my thoughts. As you alluded to there, window slammed shut. Have we done the necessary business to get us through to January unscathed? I, I think we're very thin. You know, if I've we start, never the... described myself as thin, but thank you for that. <laughs> I was, yeah, sorry, I wasn't about. I wasn't about the people on this podcast. Don't take it away. That, Leave it on the yeah, table. The squad is is threadbare. You know, if we if we get um, an injury situation like we have done previously, we we are banging trouble. You know, youth is really going to be called upon. So I, I would have, I personally would have liked a couple of more players to come in, but it hasn't happened. And and there's a lot of people. And I, I brought it up recently on the on the Twitter space. People have been calling for us to use youth. And, and develop the youth system and get those players through and give them an opportunity. They're getting that now. People are pissing and moaning about it. I don't know what people want. That's the, the worst thing about it at the moment for me. This was a message passed over by Steve. Steve, thank you very much indeed. Uh, a lot of people will know on the Twitter spaces we ask for five-word um, kind of reviews or long-form comments. But Steve has found a new way to circumvent this. Well done, Steve. Excellent work. Top of the class. <laughs> he, sent, he sent us a DM and he went, be interesting to ask your audience what actually is their expectation their expectation they wanted a clear out they got it they wanted a rid of high earners they got it they wanted rid of players who just didn't give a fuck like the premier league players that we had they have that and because we signed very little they now want udinese loans who won't probably give a fuck is this the reality of cutting cloth accordingly to ensure we have a club is it realizing that the last few years were the exception and not the rule and also facing facts that we don't trust the board they talk shite and they're too hard to comprehend i know you do ask questions he says but maybe not for tomorrow this was obviously when he sent this before uh before saturday's game but just ask people what do they want the club to be sorry for the long message only send it because you offer a balanced view and it takes the cat and it takes more characters that's what i like to say i only sent it because you asked the questions and basically i couldn't get it through otherwise well done steve that's yeah good work that's proper stuff. We now look forward to the bombardment of questions that we'll largely ignore in the messages. But that was a good one. It's it's fair. When we look at the transfer window, the first thing everybody wanted was a clear out. Everybody knew, you know, at the end of last season, my God, we've got a lot of people here who don't give a monkeys about this. And I'm not even talking about the forests in Staffordshire, right? And therefore, <laughs> we need to get shot of that lot as much as we can. We'd complained the previous year that we hadn't done that. If you recall, we came down and thought, oh, we're going to see a massive clear out. And there was, there was still a lot of shit left, basically. Mm. A lot of that stuff has gone. It's been rationalised. It's been brought down. It's, it's literally the day of the transfer window closing, sorry, slamming shut, trademark. It was interesting that 
Ishmael came out and said, I'm the one who wanted the, the, the small squad. I'm the one who wants to keep that tight. I have turned down three players, you know, just this week. And then Andrew went on a, on a spaces, Andrew French, and said, actually, that's my wrong wording. I shouldn't have said he refused them. He was involved in a committee, which basically he just turned around and said, I don't want those three players. Some people kind of surmise that that may have been Udinese loan players. They may not have committed. And therefore, as Steve said, might he might not have trusted that they gave a shit. Who knows? Who knows what that, that, that they were? I think we can all see that, yes, it is fairly threadbare. And, you know, the moment Sierra Alta gets an injury, we're suddenly going, who's going to block the midfield? Well, in fairness, five games ago, we'd have never put Sierra Alta into midfield. We wouldn't have known that. And, you know, the manager's come in. He's, he's had a look at what he's going to do. And he's gone, OK, I'm going to put you in there. You can't have a, a manager spot a player that's worth having in a particular position and not have the fear of missing out on that player. Because the player who would be going in would be Jake Livermore, who we've signed to do just that. People will be saying, he's not as good. He doesn't do this. He doesn't do that. He do, he's not going to last, you know, the, the, the time period, you know, as well as Sierra Alta has. But as I say, five games ago, who knew that Sierra Alta was going to walk into the traditionally, what the kids call CDM role and make such a good job of it? If Ishmael has said, I don't want these players and they've not been bought in, it sounds like they're listening to the head coach at last because you feel that traditionally it would have been, here's your players, get on with it. That's kind of how I've always seen the head coach role as being over the past 10 years. It's there's your players, get on with it, not, you know, oh, you don't want them, okay, we won't bring them in then. So that would indicate a sea change of sorts to me if he's got mm. a, a veto over players coming in. That that sounds encouraging for a start. We've got a discussion group, and I, I said exactly that on the morning that that was released, was the fact that it is interesting that we've got a manager now seemingly with the right of veto. Has he got the right of bringing in the next players, we don't know. But you've got to hope that, you know, that the fact that Gino's not going to look at him saying, well, you should have brought in four more players that you didn't want and that would have seen you through. So I'm firing you and we're going off in another well, daft direction. Well, you would hope that he would look at it and say, this is good husbandry for the club. We've reduced the wages massively. Isn't the end of the world here? Do we think that Saturday was an improvement on the previous on the previous game and the previous game an improvement on the Stoke game? I think it was. I think against both Plymouth and against Blackburn, I think we've been incredibly unfortunate not to have notched a goal, which which might have seen them go in very, very different direction. People will say, yes, but we haven't. And you're absolutely right. We left it a long time to sign the player that we're going to go on and talk a little bit about, this this forward that we bought in from, from Denmark, Rajevic. So it's taken a while, but we've sort of done it. But I'd say let him build because we've got a, we've got a manager who seemingly seemingly has the dressing room and when they've fallen out he's laid down he's laid down the law fair play to him I, I would rather have players in and around the, the the first team that are actually going to be involved as well not just bodies for just in case which I think we've we've tried to plan for previously we've had players that you know never put a Watford shirt on um loanees that post pictures of them in the car saying I'm trapped or whatever it bloody well was prisoner but, yeah. <clears throat> prisoner yeah exactly so um, it, it's a positive thing for me. I think the fact that he, like you just, you just covered brilliantly, that he, it, it does seem from the outside that he's got a bit of say on something for, for once. This next point actually sort of feeds into this a little bit. I think this is from at lfc underscore wfc underscore. He said, uh, discuss whether you think Gino will pull the plug in, or I think he means pull the plug on Val. If we don't get a win soon, I love watching this team and these players. The attitude and mentality has changed at the club. Val is. Class and I hope we stick with him in the long term. 
how many points did we have at this stage last season when they started looking at Rob Edwards? I mean, I, I, I... Well, there, there's a worrying trend here as well, which I will, as we record this, I fly out on holiday on Wednesday. And uh... the last time I did that, <laughs> I landed and we had a new manager. Yes. There's an international break. So I'm, I'm a little bit panicky, but no, I, I, I think it'll be all right. I, I generally think there's, and I think what Peter just said a minute ago about the performances, I think there's enough constant movement in terms of the performances that I think he'll be all right for now anyway. I think we have to realise that we've lost, I think it was something like 20 to 23 players out of this squad and we've added in six. And I mean, if we think about it, Martins was actually one of the previous that we'd had in here already. So this is a far weaker, technically, squad, but he's having to knit it together with the stuff that the coach does. It's not just the individual players. It's the the chemistry that works between them, if you will. And we're seeing effort. We're seeing, you know, kind of uh, so many people on Saturday after the Cov game came on and were saying, you know, don't get me wrong, there were a few people who were going, for Christ's sake, you can't lead three times and still come away from home scoring three goals with nothing. It wouldn't be a football match with that occurring if you didn't have some people pointing that out. So many other people also came on and said, I enjoyed that. That was completely mm. not what I we did. had previously. It was a game that was absolutely engrossing. It was end-to-end. It was, yes, as, as you said, Carlos, before, it was a championship game with two championship teams. That's what it was. It was that bonkers thing that we get. In fairness, the the, the one nil defeat to, to Blackburn, we've played worse than one. The Plymouth game, you know, we all saw as with the Blackburn game that there was something just just short, but it was it was close. It was bloody close. And I think the overall performance, not the result, the overall performances were better than we've seen last season. Now, bearing in mind, after three games, we'd what we'd drawn one at West Brom which in no way, shape or form did we deserve to draw. We'd beaten Sheffield United and we'd beaten Burnley, the two eventual promotion players. But I would still venture that the performances, how we have played as a team, not about the individual players, but how they have gone about trying to play, has shown more about Valerian Ishmael's intent than it ever did with Rob Edwards, for, mm. for me personally. And I'm not, I'm not just saying that because, you know, we know what he went on and did, uh, you know, up the road. <laughs> Fair play. No knock in that. He, he did the right thing. He went in and didn't didn't pull up trees, didn't change too much. Fair play to him. No problem with that. But we saw none of that at Watford, even though we kind of got a bit lucky against Burnley and a bit lucky against Sheffield United in my personal book. So I would suggest focus on what's going on, the play. When we had the Q&A up at their place, Gino turned around and in, in about in the breadth of about, I don't know, four sentences. At one stage, he said, no, we don't sit there and watch them all day. We don't micromanage. And then afterwards, he said, no, we fire them because we get to watch them here. Yeah. Uh, we don't just watch them on match day. So you go, really? Which one is it? It's obvious that they watch it. It's obvious that they pour over it. Giretta is his eye in the sky, so to speak, when they're not pouring out the window having a look. And I would suggest that what we've seen from the team, uh, from Ishmael, shows so much more personality, so much more potential resilience, even with younger and technically weaker squad. I, th- I think there's there's more there. If he fire, if he does, if he did, oh crikey, what are you expecting from this from this young from this yeah. young squad? <coughs> You'll have Paul Ince in. There you go. Yeah, Paul Ince <laughs> next. Yeah, you're on a wind up, BT. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Just out of interest, would you be going to the games if uh, Mr. Paul Wintz was sat in the uh, manager's dugout, Pete? Now, answer the question. Come on, the ladies and gentlemen want to hear. There's a big body, if not in spirit. (laughs) (laughs) Well, actually, actually, probably with quite a lot of spirits, actually. That might might 
Yeah. Like Jack Jack Daniels will be sat alongside <laughs> you. <Yeah. laughs> He'll have his mates with him, Ron Bacardi and Johnny Walker. Yeah. <laughs> come on and go, come on, he's been here for fifteen minutes. Come on, Gino, get the firing going. No, no, I know. I know. I am not impressed with Mr. Paul Ince as a as a manager for an, for any number of reasons, principally his personality. But that's that's neither here nor there. No. In fairness to the balance to the Ince family, I thought his son Tom Ince yep. did did well for his, his time. He was obviously knackered because he's still kind of playing his way in but against Coventry yeah looks look, looks a real looks a real threat um I was actually impressed with him to be fair and I've, I've been critical of um of uh, Tom Ince previously when he's played for other teams but he is a player that you just know he's gonna he's gonna cause havoc if he gets on the wrong side of defenses he's also gonna fall over whenever he can he's just one of those players teams hate and we haven't had one of them for a long time so uh yeah no, I, I was I was really impressed with him on on Saturday. So, do you want to go to Saturday? Do you want to go to Coventry? I've got a few questions on Coventry. I've been I've been sent to Coventry before. You've been yeah. sent to Coventry, or do you want to go on Backman? Because I've got a couple of questions on Backman. So we can oh. either go Backman or Co- we're kind of both. But which do you want to do first? Well, let's. I reckon we. Okay, let's go Backman. Okay, because there's 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 actually a couple of questions on Backman. Let's. So the first one comes from Paul Fiander Turner. Is Backman really that bad, or is it just a few? Mal- Mouthpieces on social media amplifying their perspective and people falling in line. That's the first uh, part. Uh, and we've also got a question from Peter Ryan who says, Should the on field captain be an outfield player given the new rules about approaching the ref? So that, that obviously is, is a Backman. Uh, related thing as well so shall we start with the the first part then which was about is he really that bad or is it just a few mouthpieces on social media amplifying their perspective and people falling in line i I think everyone's got a different opinion on him mine is probably one of the best shot stoppers in the championship without doubt there are a lot of things that he does wrong as a goalkeeper he's got flaws but i like him i i do i think you know if i don't think the way we play currently suits him I think it makes him look very uncomfortable. You can see he's jittery, that side of it. But, you know, as a, as a, as a goalkeeper and a shot stopper, I think he's phenomenal. As I say, he's, he's command of the box and certain things that he does with the ball in, in terms of distribution, both via his hands and his feet, are, are frustrating. But people were talking about at the beginning of the season, or just before the season started, we need a goalkeeper. Well, who are you going to get? You know, Casper Smichael was mentioned to me the other day. Oh, Casper Smichael's leaving his club. All right, well, he's as old as me now. So he's not <laughs> quite as quite as nimble as he used to be. Has he been catching up with you? Is that He's is, nearly there. Is that how it works? He's there. <laughs> like aging at a different rate. I've been vinegarized. He's He's been... <laughs> I don't want to know about that. He's, yeah, he's been moisturized. I've been vinegarized. <laughs> <laughs> oh Jesus! Yeah. Well, there you go. I, I think for me, I've been going forty years. Um, oh, God. That's never good. For oh wow! No, well, no. That but, explains a lot. But I can only remember. Seven. <laughs> go on. I can only remember sort of four absolutely superb, legendary goalkeepers in that time, and I can remember a lot that were like, yeah, only they, four. Yeah. Okay. So we got Tony Coton. Tony Coton, yeah. Alec Chamberlain, Gomez. I, I might lump Foster into there, actually. So they, they would be my four. You're l- going to miss out Esper Bardson. I am going to miss out Esper Bardson. <laughs> I am. Tony Miller isn't even making an appearance. It's, it, I'd, it, uh, I'd throw Kevin Miller into that. I thought Kevin Miller, Miller was a, was a quality goalkeeper. Miller. I'd also go uh, the only recently departed Andy Rankin, who was fabulous. But you're too young to remember it because you're a I am. Um, I would add in, and I don't know. Yeah, I know he's. People say, Steve. I'd add Steve Sherwood in. 
I mean, look look at the bloody games that we played that he did. As a shot stopper, he was really good. As handling the balls into the box, with the exception of against Andy Gray in that game, which was the only one kind of tele, you know, televised all the time that the whole of the world saw, he was good. He was steady. He was very good. And, you know, he had he was probably as valuable because he had to basically drive Andy Rankin. He was always on his tail. We brought in Eric Steele. He saw off Eric Steele. He was no 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 slouch as a goalkeeper. And then he had to go and get Tony Coton to, to improve on him. And he kept Tony Coton all the way on his toes right up until that semi-final when they both went and broke their various bits. Maybe that's a little bit of the problem we have at the moment. There's nobody to push Backman. No competition on him. Well, that's true. Yeah, I don't think there is. That's true. I don't think there is. And and I, I I don't think he's been helped with this contract and the captaincy either, because now once you once you do that to someone and go, there's five years, you've got five years and you're the captain, it's very difficult to shift them out of that position, even if something better does come along. So for me, I think I, you're right. I think he's a great shot stopper. And I think he is he's one of those players that actually looked like he gave a shite over the past couple of seasons when all the others sort of faded away into I can't wait to get on the bus. Backman was actually talking to fans afterwards and giving his gloves away. And you know, etc., etc. He, he had a horrible time on social media when he was given the captaincy. There was no need for that. There's no need to be personal. I mean, you know, I don't necessarily agree that that was the right decision. I'm not going to be personal about it. And you know, whatever. Uh, I, I I think he's he's an average ch- a championship goalkeeper at the end of the day. He's, he's not anything massively special. But like you said, there's no competition on him. So. I think that's our goalkeeper and we're going to have to, to live with it, really. For me, he wants to play for the club. Mm. He's had opportunities to go away and move to Ajax or Man United. If you know, we'll, we'll find out one day whether or not those rumours are absolutely true or not or what have you. But he has he's come into the club. He's been here, what, about four or five years now? He's kind of, he's had to wait his turn. He's He's plodded away at it, you know, Constantly, constantly, constantly got in in the uh, in the in the pandemic year. You know, got there. Then we went back to Foster again, and he had to kind of wait again. He's waited. Again. He's waited his turn, and he's got that. Now, just waiting doesn't mean that you deserve it. But he does have strengths. Okay. Last year, though, when he was in, sat in a bit of a comfort zone, he didn't want to come off his line. He didn't want to take the ball in the air. It was, it was, that was bad. That was bad goalkeeping. We need somebody to be a bit more dominant in the air. This year, it's almost like being asked to play out from the back is his biggest worry and his biggest concern. And he seems less worried about coming and claiming the ball in the air because that's not his biggest concern. He can do that. That's actually his comfort zone suddenly. And he's done that. And it was ironic that on Saturday, the first time he fumbled a ball into the air that last year would have seen us all going, oh my God, why don't you come off your line, etc. He came out to try to take, um, I think it was a corner uh, late towards the end. And he did make a ricket of it. But the reason I think he made a ricket of it was because, you know, he basically just had two goals where the two defenders in front of him are playing silly fucking buggers. One's Mm. scoring and the other one is basically coming out and going to ground. Now, we always talk about a a goalkeeper giving confidence to the defence. On Saturday, I think it was the other way around. I think Porteous and Hoot got the complete jitters, made some several bad decisions. And I think they had a mare, didn't they? They had a mare transmitted back at him there was nothing on Saturday that actually came about because Backman had 
made made a, a, a strange decision. Um, I know when we were talking, somebody said, well, actually, he should take 50% of the problem because he was too far out of his goal. But that's how he is asked to being played here. Yeah, He's not no. doing this because he wants to do it. He's doing it because the idea is we're going to try to retain the ball and we're going to, with the extra possession we get, we're going to move it forward and we're going to score goals. Now, we know that for three games, we weren't scoring goals. The reason was we didn't have anybody to put the ball in the back of the net, seemingly. We were kind of getting in and around areas, etc. Now, maybe that possession might work out a little bit better by getting it and keeping it. Is he going to get lobbed? Is he going to give away a one? Is he going to give us all heart attacks? Yes. But the opportunity to play more of that football and create more chances has to be weighed up against giving the occasional goal away. We all look at it and because it was one of those screw-ups between the three of them, we all went, we've seen this coming all season. It was a different thing on Saturday. Hoot played a complete blind pass that you do not do in anywhere in your own final third because it's about risk and reward too high a risk what's the reward if he does a, a little blind pass and he's oh great he's got it what's the difference turn around look at the fucking bloke and then pass it to him yeah. you don't have to pretend that you're ronaldinho you know you're wesley Hoot. you've had a fine season do the basics first and i from from what i got told carlos and you were there was that they played the replay of that on the on the scoreboard on saturday and he sat there wesley Hoot, watched it no knows more than those guys that they've made a rick and that they need yeah. to it they need to play it quicker they need to play it steadier they need to stand up rather than dive all over the place and I thought for me other than that that corner right at the end which he kind of dropped it and he was like oh my god what's going to happen I thought Backman had one of his better games I thought he he started looking like he was moving into the position so he, he made a good few saves in that game as well um, yeah. a couple of one-on-ones early, early doors and well, a couple um, where he shot out got them with his feet as well quickly yeah. He he also Justin. he also saved a penalty, but should a he penalty, have done, should which, he have done better with that free kick? Do we think horrible free kick because it bounces just before him? It's a horror. It, I think that's all about feet and technique, isn't it? I'm not a goalkeeper. Unfortunately, being a man of five foot eight, I, I was never allowed to play in goal. Um, but I, unless I was really shit, you go in goal. Okay. Not even five aside. <laughs> Uh, five aside, I could do. Yeah, I could just about reach the crossbar in five aside. Yeah, I just think it was, it was a brilliant free kick for me. He's, it's just come down really quickly. So he's got it up and over and, and it's bounced before him. So I don't really hold him responsible for that. I hold him responsible for spilling my drink at half time because I was down in the concourse as that went in. But okay. yeah, so I hold no. him responsible for that. That's but no, it's, 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 a, it's a tricky one, isn't it, with, with the goalkeeper situation? I, and, and not jumping on too forward, I don't agree with a, a goalkeeper in general being a captain because I think it, it, there's so many things that you, you need to be speaking to about, to the referee during the game and, and, and tactical stuff. And I just don't think you've got that ability to do that in goal. That, that's my opinion on it. But that's nothing against him. That's nothing personal well, against Batman. That, that came up in the space. And I asked Katie, who should be the captain then? You know, <laughs> she said Porteous and then went, oh, but he sort of fell over and made an ass of himself. So who do you think should be captain then, if not Batman? That, I mean, that's a, that's a Brilliant question. It's it's one I generally haven't got an answer to because who who do you give it to? I mean that's that's the thing. It's all right saying a goalkeeper shouldn't be captain, but who who do you get? I mean Wesley Hoot for me in terms of where he's played and stuff. But again, does does he he obviously cares because of the, his reaction as Peter just covered there about the, the own goal. But I don't know. I mean for for me Wesley Hoot or if Livermore had a bit more legs about him, I think he would be a natural captain as well. But I can't see him playing too much this season. For me, just just touching on the free kick, is he to blame? Yes, yes. He is at least partially to blame because it, it 
came about from, again, fanning about and playing with it, but we should have dealt with the free kick. His starting position was too far to his left, so he didn't get across. He also didn't get his right hand up as much as he would have expected, but also the, the wall broke very, very easily. It wasn't it wasn't substantial. Now, I know this will sound stupid, but that's actually very easy to fix. Set pieces are actually, you know, it's organised. It's where you go. It's what you do. We've made the mistake. Fucking learn this time. Listen, this is what you've got to do to correct it. Is he normally a good shot stopper? Absolutely. We've just been talking about that. So I'm not worried about that too much. I think potentially the position will start. That, that's that's an element to it. So, so we'll see. In terms of the mm-hmm. captain, I think Peter, with his question, is absolutely spot on with the new rules, which is, you know, basically non-captains are not supposed supposed to be going up and talking to the ref and of course if our captain the person who's supposed to be talking to the ref needs to talk to the ref when it you know an incident is going on down the far end you know in their penalty box how is Dan supposed to do that so no I agree with that that's that's a weakness and there have been great goalkeeper captains in their time Dino Zoff for example lifted the World Cup so did uh, so did Lloris for for France Buffon yeah yeah there's been there's been a number of good but this this rule is in place at the moment. So how are you going to influence it? If it was me, I think everybody at the start of the season would have thought Porteous. I think there's a certain level of impetuousness with him. I wouldn't go with Porteous. I would either go with Hoot or personally, I'd also consider going with uh, with uh, with Loser, with Imran Loser. However, you're not going to give him that when one week you've dropped him because he hasn't been turning up on time. If he gets his shit together and gets some performances going, then maybe giving him that added responsibility might be something to consider that might be a good idea but what i quite like is the fact that we've got this leadership group i.e you've got a number of leaders in this in the squad to get around them the only issue for me with dan batman being captain is he can't he can't be in the uh he can't be in the referee's ear at, at that particular point as was mentioned on saturday he's also got to be having those conversations with the rest of his team who are also outfielders and not as restricted as he is even though as i said we have seen him on the halfway line quite a lot this season Indeed. This is Ronnie Rosenthal speaking, and you are listening to Do Not Scratch Your Eyes. There's now sort of sort of slightly arcane questions that come out of the Coventry match. We will start with Carl Campion, who says, You know my favourite defeat was Yeovil. He talks to me about this all the time. He's always on going on about that. He's always going on about, oh, Yeovil's my favourite defeat. And I'm like, I'd have to think about that. Like me... <laughs> Is your favourite draw now Saturday's game versus Coventry? So obviously he's now got a favourite draw. He's got a favourite defeat and a favourite draw. Now, I'd been thinking about that a little bit. I think my favourite draw was the first game of the season back in 2016, I think it was, when we drew 3-3 with Liverpool at home. Do you remember that? It's quite open. Was that a carcass scored mm. in that game? I think it was, wasn't it? Yes, and Brissos got the uh, the final goal. Yeah, point. was that like weird little back flip, he, uh, back flip he did in the box? Yeah, that was good. Yeah. Do, do you have a favourite draw? Uh, I'm not talking about where you put your socks or anything like that. I'm talking about... Yeah, I was going to say, the, the game on Saturday, entertainment-wise, was up there. I'm trying to think if I've ever come away and gone, wow, what a draw. Got it. Have you got, have you got one? I've got it. I've you, got yeah, it. I'm struggling. In, I think it was about 1987. Oh, for fuck's sake. Really? <laughs> where, have you fucking, where have you pulled this from? Honestly, the amount of... Anyway... <laughs> We got drawn against Walsall, and it was in one of those. It was it was before you get to penalties at the end of like a second replay. I remember this, and we we played them up at their place, yeah. and it was one one on the Saturday. I think uh, 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 I think it was Barnes and a Falco goal, if I remember. Walsall came down to us. It was like you know because you, you'd play, and then they go right replay on Tuesday, and it's like 
yeah, of course, let's just knock knock a replay up, shall we? No, no problem. And it was us against Walsall, and it was 4-4. Four, four, yeah. But we came so perilously close to going out, and we didn't. It went back to 4-4, four, four, which meant another replay, and we ended up winning that 1-0. So, uh, And I know that when I was doing the Uwans TV stuff, an awful lot of people were writing and going, have you got any coverage of that? Have you got any coverage of that? Because it's I'm not saying it's necessarily the first game people went to see. It's the first people game that people recall having gone to see yeah. in, in, in the late Graham Taylor era yeah. because it was it was it was an evening game so it was under the lights and uh, and yeah we we found it and put it up it was a, it was a fantastic draw I remember that I remember that clearly I think it was the first time I ever heard the term aggregate used what's aggregate oh I see and I do remember clearly those games absolutely <laughs> aggregate clear. it's stone isn't it aggregate. It's, yeah that's you right. put, on, put underneath your driveway <laughs> that's what you do it's yeah. like, you're <laughs> on travel gravel yeah, yeah exactly yeah so okay so we got a um, a, a favorite draw there cool. this comes from the sky blue hub best three own goals in a Watford game now I assume he doesn't mean in uh, one game I can get we were talking about this I can tell I've got I've now got a top three he says of... can you think of a worse one than hoots on Saturday now you think you got three yes. right right I can, Peter's got, got I, his hand up tell, I've got, okay I've got these in order Okay, right, let's start with you then, Carl, go on. So the worst one I've ever seen was Danny Rose on his loan, and I think it was away (laughs) at Norwich. It was about the halfway line, I think. And he (laughs) he managed to smash one in there. Hoot, I would say, is definitely in second because it's god-awful. It was. And then there there was one, I think, it was against Notts County. Somebody will pick me up on this, but it was Scott Loach. The ball, the ball was passed back to Scott Loach, and he just lifted, he just picked his foot up, and it just, it just went, just went underneath him. So, yeah, they, those are happy memories. I like those. Peter, people of a certain age will know what I mean. Are we going back to 1964 here? No, 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 no. We are going back to what must have been what 92, 93. Oh, um, we we lost. I was alive. This is going to be nice. We lost three two at home. <laughs> we lost three two at home to Tranmere and Keith Dublin, which is two words to strike fear into the heart <laughs> of Watford supporters. <laughs> the the ball basically just got lobbed long. The goalkeeper starting to come for it, and Keith Dublin, like you know, you know, like when you're watching an American kind of procedural film, and you're going, "Oh right, they've got away," and you, they're driving away, and suddenly the angle of the camera looks sideways, and no, there's a truck coming towards <laughs> us at high speed. In comes Keith Dublin, and said truck runs in. What's he doing? Leaps up, heads the ball over the advancing goalkeeper. There is no pressure on anything at this point in time. It nothing made sense whatsoever. You know, not being daft. If the person next to me had turned around and started talking Swahili, it would have made more sense than what Keith Dublin was doing about a hundred yards away from me on the pitch. <laughs> Everybody just stopped, and I think three quarters of us like just started laughing. I mean, we conceded the goal and started laughing. It was comedic. I, I swore on Saturday. I didn't laugh on Saturday. <laughs> Okay. Well, Louis comes in with a slightly similar thing, and he says the strangest goals we've scored and conceded. I think the strangest goal I ever saw us score is I saw Heider Helgerson punch a ball into the net once. I can't remember who we were playing, but he literally punched it in with his fist, pulled his hand back, and sort of whistled innocently, thinking, "Oh well, I'm going to get pulled up on that." And the ref gave the goal. 
I think that's the strangest goal I've ever seen a score conceded. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, well, the red, the red, the ghost goal, red, the Reading one's got to be the, that, the strangest, yeah, doesn't it? Yeah. See, now Louis's too young to remember that. I reckon. Yeah, have a have a look at that, Louis, because that is well. That was shambolic. a strange game, right? Because Mark Poom, I think, started in goal. He got injured, and they brought Scott Loach on. And he's, another quality goalkeeper. Another talking of quality goalkeepers, there was two, <laughs> two in one game, two in one game, right? And and Loach's first thing was to argue with the ref that. A ball had gone out for a corner, but they'd given it as a goal or something. It was just stupid. Yeah. I was under Boothroyd. That was a very strange goal to concede. Well, we didn't even concede a goal. We didn't concede Steve, a goal. Steve, Steve Copper was their manager, and I, I, I vaguely remember him saying something after the game, like, I'm sure it'll get replayed, or, or, or we'll off, we'll, we'll give them a goal next time or something like yeah, that. Never as did. soon as we played, it was like, never did, you bastard. Yeah. yeah. I think Boothroyd's quote was, if an alien ship had landed on the pitch at half-time, it wouldn't have been weirder than that goal being given or something. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's up there. Strangest one we've scored. That's what I'll, I'll tell you. What I mean, if you want to, for the, the reason of this, this podcast, I mean that was yeah, bizarre. That was to, bizarre. To go. I I do remember in the Premier League season. I think it was against Burnley. We I think we either scored and then VAR gave a penalty up the other end, so it chalked off yeah, it that did. goal and then it Burnley did. scored. That was at home. I, I remember vague, that happening. Yeah, at home, yeah. I, I remember that. Remember that. that Yes. There was lots of fucks thrown out that yeah. day. I remember. I remember yeah, that. I, 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 I remember couldn't that believe what I was seeing. No. VAR took forever. We yeah, scored, I remember that clearly. He, <laughs> he went to VAR and then he went up the other end yes. and they got a penalty. He was like, "Hang on a minute, there's our goal." What? Yeah, ah. no. Yeah, that was. I think that was the season we got relegated because that was one of those seasons yeah. where everything just went fucking wrong. And you think, oh, it's gonna yeah, it went tits up, didn't it? Deli yeah. Alley handballed, uh, yeah, literally carried the ball in the net that season. Yep. Yeah, so that was when Delafoe got fouled and it wasn't given and all yeah. that. So yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, Peter, you're very ponderous you're very ponderous I, i'm struggling with this i'm struggling with it um because obviously the, the key think back to the think back to the 70s peter that's your strong point going to the 70s there's no, no need for that no for... <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean there's that. no need for that this is the do not scratch your own podcast <laughs> this is the exact place for that yeah you're absolutely right you're absolutely right oh, oh sorry repeat is it are we looking at the strangest or best no this was louis question so louis question yeah, was yeah. um the strangest goals we've conceded and scored. We we concede a lot of those. Goals. <laughs> one one of them would be actually against Saturday's opposition against Coventry. If you remember, and this was during the pandemic year, so everybody was watching this on the telly. The ball gets pushed oh, yes. out. I think I think Hamer came in and had a header, and yes. Ben just taken a step forward. Yeah, and it's just gone. And yeah. It was- one of those game, one of those goals that seemed to take about twenty five minutes to go in. Yeah, with everybody shouting, "No!" Yeah, it lobbed Foster, <laughs> didn't it? Yeah, yeah, and and that that was horrific. I remember the the Jamal Low goal at Swansea that, that he gave the old kind oh, of oh, yeah. thing that was celebrated at the camera yes yeah, simply had the GoPro in there yeah again it was like kind of come on you could see it happening again beforehand it was almost like a premonition I know what's going to happen here and they just kind of didn't get it and there's so many times when we just don't get the ball cleared when we know we just ben, it's ben, in this instance clear the ball clear the ball no no yeah we know you're going to have ben, a bit Ben concerned. Foster fucking around against <laughs> Arsenal and a banger yet a I can't remember who it was now. They just closed him down and took the ball off him. <laughs> yes. that, yeah. Oh, 
Paul Robinson's goal uh, past Foster down at down at Spurs. Oh yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, the goalkeeper. Goalkeeper score. Yeah, directly at the senior level. Yeah, yeah. That was weird. Yeah, and I think the other one for me was the the QPR one where they thought they'd scored. They thought they'd lobbed Foster, and it hit the crossbar, and he caught it, lobbed it down the other end, and I think Ashley Young put it in. One minute QPR up celebrating, going yay. Next thing Watford up going yay, and I was actually in the QPR end of that game, so I couldn't go yay. Anyway. Hi, this is Troy Hawk, and this is the Do Not Scratch Your Eyes podcast. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. <whistles> at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Okay, so uh, we move on to Matt's food now, as is often the way when I open this up to... Um... This this is this is some of our uh, expertise now coming out here in this, this section. Okay, so this isn't really a question as such. It's a comment, but you're welcome to, to comment on the comment. So this comes from Matthews67 underscore Ben. He of Jarvis the Cocker. Oh. Jarvis's owner. And he said, I had an Indian Saturday night. He is, he's Jarvis's cameraman. Let's get it right. Oh, he's cameraman, yeah. He's treat hander outer. Uh, he said, I had an Indian Saturday night. My wife said she couldn't eat all her Pushwari naan she'd ordered and offered half of it to me. I'd never tried one before, as I always opt for the garlic variety. I've got to say, it's the rankest thing I've eaten. It was like dipping a cake into my madras. Mm. It, it's like eating pot puree. So it's very, it's very fragrant. You're not a fan of the Pushwari naan. Then. I... I've had it before, but it's not. It is very sweet compared to what you're eating. I don't see the. the it's like eating. It's like these people that say eating chili with chocolate is great because it just goes. Fuck off! It's chili and chocolate. They should be as far away from each other as humanly possible. You're not going to add any chili into your uh, brownies when we make them eventually. Then you're no. going to steer away from no. that. Yeah, there should be no adding of any extra ingredients into anyone's brownies when we make them. <laughs> Peter Peshwari Nans, yes or no? Pineapple on pizza. Oh God, no! That's, that's there. You go then. So that's it. Done. No, no, no. Uh, Peshwari Nan. Uh, I do. Uh, it's one of those things that yes, I will partake because the family all like Peshwari Nan. But no, what you really want to do is Kima Nan. Kima Nan. Thank you, sir. Nan I wish fam- I could shake your hand across this. <laughs> I mean, across this. I mean, look at it, you know. Meaty, bready goodness. Meaty bread. Meaty bread, (laughs) everybody. Who doesn't love that? Right. Everybody turns around and said, the best thing since sliced bread. Bollocks. No, sliced bread with meat in it. That's (laughs) what you want. (laughs) Then you're going somewhere. Okay. Even sliced bread, what do you do with it? You put meat in it. Exactly. Keeman on, keeman on. Well said. 
Uh, yeah, I, mean, I just I like Narn generally. I think Narn are fantastic things, and I I do like a Peshwari. I like it in all of its. You know, if someone said there's we a bowl of Narn there, you were taking the wusses route out of this. No, I genuinely, <laughs> I genuinely <laughs> like Narn. Splint- the splintery route. I genuinely like Narn in all of its flavors. So if someone said there's a there's a mixed <laughs> basket of Narn, is there a local is there a local company that we'd like to plug now? Or well, I've, I've I have noticed <laughs> that your point. local one has been rather low on the scores on the the doors recently mr mr Carlos. yes i i don't go there anymore that's it <laughs> i saw it in a pub oh, hello mr james <laughs> we haven't seen you for a while yes it's been so busy but I'm, I'm not eating indian food at the that's moment that's the same as your kebab house which had pigeons yes on. everywhere i go they're fucking trying to kill people with animals and dirt just keep it separate. Chili and chocolate. <laughs> Fuck off. Oh, dearie, dearie me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not going to plug any particular Indian restaurant. Um, I tend to... Not mine. <laughs> I used to like the one. That one that you're talking It was lovely. About. Really nice. Loved it. They're lovely people, though. That's, it's, such, it's such a shame. Just, you know, wash your hands more. That'd be my, <laughs> that'd be my comment. <laughs> I mean, what's a bit of botulism between friends? Yeah, <laughs> yeah no. exactly. All right, I mean, on a personal note, I've never had the two bob bits after eating them. There, so... <laughs> So is that how you measure your? That's a recommendation. That's how you measure your TripAdvisor reviews, is it? Yeah, it's never (laughs) five stars. Everything was solid the next day. (laughs) (laughs) Nice to nice to know that we're getting both both kind of solidity and texture in that. Oh, we've gone very off, yeah. very off topic. Well, there's yeah. one more off topic, and then we can come okay. back onto whatever else we want to talk about. This comes from WFCH James, who says, "What is your go-to Tesco meal deal?" I have a Morrison's nearer to me than a Tesco. It's largely the same sort of thing, though. Um, so for me, it's normally some sort of wrap, <laughs> chicken Caesar, dry, dry sandwiches with shit crisps, <laughs> and a fizzy drink for these. <laughs> <laughs> That's the shell garage, surely. Yeah, yeah, so normally for me, it's some sort of chicken Caesar wrap or something, and then it would probably be some ridgy-type crisps and a fizzy water, or one of those. Sometimes I opt for those odd sort of coloured uh, smoothies. You go, what is in this smoothie oh, yeah, that's yeah, turning yeah, the little bottles. blue, yeah. green, looks like algae? I'll try it because it's healthy. It invariably doesn't yeah. really taste of anything very much, but I get suckered in by the colours. Like, oh, yeah, look, that one's... So, yeah, that would be mine. Peter, do you have a I... particular <laughs> meal deal favourite? You don't look like a meal deal man, I have to say. <laughs> Well, yeah, I often go in and they say, is it a party, sir? Well, kind of, yeah. Um, it would be it, the, the sandwich, no matter where you are, no matter where you are, a, a chicken and bacon is uh, is the sandwich of choice. Definitely. Very solid, very it's solid. Very uh, there was an occasion when in uh, Marks and Spencer's, not in not in, not in your, your other other supermarkets are available, of course, um, where there was a Wensleydale and cranberry. Oh, and nice. And it was like, Mm. I, I, and it was very nice. It was mm. very nice. Mm. Very have, nice. Did it have meat? No. So we're back on with the chicken and bacon, everybody. <laughs> Excellent stuff. So, uh, and a big hello to all you vegans out there. Sorry. Um, and then I'd have some crisps. I'd have just ready sorted crisps. I am quite particular if it's included in the meal deal. I don't mind one of the bigger bags of hula hoops. Ooh. Hula hoops, quite a nice thing. And I'm afraid I am a Diet Coke fiend. I yeah. drink it like it's going out of fashion, like it was ever in fashion. I'm afraid it's a dreadful thing, and I wish I didn't, but I do. There you go. There's my meal deal. There you go. I'm a. Uh, uh, I'm going to offend lots of people here now. I'm a. I'm a prawn sandwich kind of guy. I'm a meal deal. <laughs> <laughs> I go for the fishy option. Going to have words <laughs> with you. Who doesn't like stinky fingers at two o'clock in the afternoon? I ask you. Do you they double are, up with the scampi fries as well, or do you not bother? I do love a scampi fry and a beer. They go, they, oh, well, they go hand in hand. We, we know about he's this. He's coming for you. Oh, Micah Richards, he's coming for you. <laughs> 
Yeah. So yeah, I'll have we a, have a, we a have demolished sandwich. a few scampi fries with beers in the past. It is it does go very well with a we beer. Have, scampi yeah, fries. Yeah, it goes very, yes. walks hand in hand. A twiglet as well is also oh, completely no. acceptable. You've lost me now. Anyway, go on. So so yeah. so prawn sandwich. Right, where we going with the a prawn, um, a prawn sandwich? Then I I I. I really, I'm, I'm that guy that you stand next to and who's always in the way of the crisp section in your meal deal because he's just standing there looking. Mesmerised. Yeah, so I'm a, I'm either a Quavers man if it's uh, Monday to Wednesday. Uh, what? If it's a Thursday to Friday, I'm a pickled onion kind of what? monster munch guy. Oh. What difference does it make what day it is? I don't want I don't want cheesy crisps on a Thursday and Friday. Hold on. Hold on. We're going, we're going back somewhere here. Scampi fries. I stink. <laughs> yeah. What about nice and spicy knickknacks? Oh, yeah, I love. No, I like the. I'm not a nice and spicy man. I'm, oh. a, I'm a, the, the green ones, the, well, the fishy ones. The nice and <laughs> spicy knickknacks. Basically, they, they they could have said, "Have you got a boyfriend or a girlfriend you never want to see again?" <laughs> nice and spicy knickknacks, and they will fuck off the planet. But never want to see you. Very Those rarely. Very in rarely included in a meal deal, though, the nice and spicy knickknacks. You don't yeah. tend to see them in a meal deal. You, you don't, no. And I wash it all down with a nice oasis. Oh, you like an oasis, do you? Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. like it. Fizzy drinks just make me burp all afternoon, which isn't great. That's, but you see, I, I, you see, when it comes to water, fizzy water, I can't drink still water anymore. I just cannot drink it. I'm a fizzy I water. Like, I like fizzy. They do a lovely, um, it almost tastes like lemonade. It's like, we've gone really off something. We have gone back it's, to uh, it's like a lemon and lime water, but it's, it's like a fizzy one. About 90p, if that. Who's this? Tesco's? They're, they're beautiful. Tesco's. Te- uh, Tesco's do it, yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. I think Morrison's do it as well. I'll have to check that out. There you go. Yeah. Oasis do, that, do the um, that special promotional flavour of, what was it, um, uh, nicotine vodka. <laughs> what? <laughs> you must have heard it. Oasis, cigarettes and alcohol. Hey, it's very, very good. Yeah. Very good. Uh, uh, hang on, yeah, hang on. Many people. Yeah, he's got a rim shot lined up. Fantastic. Did you know the Fox and Hounds by you, Peter, does Oasis Soup? What? You get a roll with it. Hey. <laughs> on, throw a blanket on him. He's on fire. <laughs> <laughs> there was a great advert for that thank Oasis. You, thank you. That Oasis drink, there was a, a great advert for that years ago. You got Frank Butcher walking down the road going, oh, everything's <laughs> everything's lovely. Everything's fantastic. Everything's marvellous. And he drinks this Oasis. He starts going, pet. Pet and then starts crying. It goes open poor, be yourself once more. I remember that distinctly, <laughs> absolutely distinctly. Anyway, enough of this bunkum. And then Matthew Parkins <laughs> cracks one in from thirty yards. If hey. you excuse the phrase. <laughs> there you go. Before we move off topic completely, I'd like to bring something to everybody's attention. And I don't know how many people know about it. One person will definitely know about it. Uh, what are you doing this Friday, Justin? What's happening Friday? Uh, this Friday, uh, well, yes, it is my birthday. Yes, it's it's only um, yeah, it's only forty nine. It's nothing major. So I imagine there'll be an element of alcohol consumption, uh, <laughs> lots, and, <laughs> and uh, perhaps perhaps some some food involved as well. Yes, but yes, no, that's that's yeah, that's what I'll be. Well, doing I, I'm not I'm not here. I'm sorry, I'm aware. So happy birthday! For thank Friday. you, thank you very much. Yes, thank you. Yes, I will I will be feeling older and probably no wiser on Friday. Uh, don't forget my shows on between four and. Eight on AJK Radio. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was that's pre-recorded. I ain't going to do that on my birthday. Uh, and that was uh, happy birthday to you. <laughs> yeah, right yeah, yeah. <laughs> I altered images, and now here's some Stevie Wonder. So yes. <laughs> No, thank you for that. Yes, no. I uh, next time you see me at the football, I will be older. Thank you for um, 
Thank you for telling everyone. That's great. You're Thank welcome. You. Thank you. Well, that's what I'm, I'm here to do. I'm here Thank to help. Thank you very much. <laughs> this is Barry from Watford saying, you are listening to the Do Not Scratch Your Eyes podcast. Thank you. We mentioned earlier on Jarvis Cocker Spaniel. So uh, as as it's the international oh, break yes. and we won't have the preview for another week, I'm, I'm sure people with bated breath, because primarily they've eaten a nice and spicy knick-knack or four, <laughs> are asking, what is the league position with the do not scratch your eyes completely rubbish prediction league? Oh, and the answer is look just in on top of the league. Look oh, at that. That's lovely. That it's is frightening. Last week, last week, three teams predicted a draw and therefore they get two points because they got the right you know, decision about whether it was a win, loss or draw. But you also get an extra point because of it being the right score prediction in terms of the difference, i.e. no difference, it's a draw, which always makes a draw quite a clever bet to go for. Justin got two points, therefore. The EFL got two points despite predicting nil-nil. It's 3-3. They still get two <laughs> points. I know it makes no fucking sense to me either. And I made it. So there you go. 1-1 one, one prediction pulls itself off at the bottom, leaving on three points. Carlos, artificial stupidity, and indeed Jarvis Cocker Spaniel. Jarvis Cocker Spaniel has only played two games. The rest of these bastards have all played five. True. Can so we they... um can we can we just stop to acknowledge the fact that uh, I'm being beaten by a board game? I'm level on points with artificial stupidity and a dog. <laughs> and a dog that's played three games less than you have. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. It's not so going very well. Your, so your far. finest season, <laughs> you'd hoped. It really yeah. is. Your, yeah, now, I started so well. Your finest hour was QPR, getting that spot it on was. with the 4 0. You sort of yeah. fallen off since then. I think I've peaked early. <laughs> it's not the first time I've been told that. Yeah, yeah. Well, so had the team, to be fair. So you're, you're sort of in sympathy with the team a little bit. But I like that. Seven points there at the top. That's nice. Liking that. Yeah. He's, yeah, no, he's, he's a two, two point gap on JP Backgammon and the EFL, who both have five. 1-1 one, one prediction is on four. I mean, that's just static. That's just it all the time. Can you do better than just the static result? Yes. And uh, Interestingly, we haven't had a 1-1. One, one. <laughs> so that doesn't, you know what I mean? It's a bit odd. It's a bit odd. We haven't had a 1-1 one, one yet, yet it's still doing it's quite well. It's going better than me. We haven't even had a score of 1-1 one, one and it's still beating me. I mean, this really isn't good. No, it's rubbish. It's <laughs> absolute. It's so turgy. Let's face it. Everybody went, oh, that's awful. But there's a dog involved now, so that's nice. Yeah, that's um, nice. And, and of course, we're all looking forward to uh, to. to to put the preview show together for when we play Birmingham at home, just to see what form of reckless life endangerment John does in terms of <laughs> delivering <laughs> in a mildly amusing fashion. If I like this. If he's lot. risking his life, he must be going to St Andrews, I think, because it's not exactly the friendliest place up there, is it? I'd like yes. him to do it live from the magic roundabout in Hemel Hempstead, I think. Like but oh, not from God. the main roundabout, from Why? one of the little ones Why? where with his wife driving round and he's in the passenger seat, sort of. Is that yeah. what you mean? Why, why there? Yeah. What's that got to do with Birmingham? I don't know. <laughs> I just, I think it'd be quite interesting. That's all. I think it's an excellent idea. The next away game, which is where you know John really has to, let's face it, put the afterburners on, is Leeds United. Ooh. So you know, hey, I'm not saying what he's going to do, but we shall see. Do look out on Twitter because uh, all of this nonsense gets posted there. Why should we suffer it alone? Be... I'm in. Uh, I'm in Germany for that game. I'm. I'm over there for the Germany? Leeds game. Sounds good. I'm going to see Bayern Munich. Oh yeah. Oh wow. You're going to be. You're going to go and see Harry Kane. I'm going to see Harry. Harry yeah. I'm wow. also working, but. but while you're there you might as well go and see harry hey listen we might be going to liverpool in november if we get nominated in the uh in the fcas have you seen the dress code carlos oh don't tell me it's like i have to dress up like a penguin it says cocktail which i think is sort of yeah i've got to wear a dress yeah (laughs) yes i'm gonna say yes and let you wear a dress (laughs) 
To um, be fair, in this day and age, nobody would batter an eyelid. It'd be absolutely fine. No, that's true. That's true. And uh, we haven't even don't even know if we're nominated yet. But if we are, it's in Liverpool, so it's at Anfield. Uh, so that's going to necessitate some sort of overnight stay as well, I would imagine. And dressing up, and the tickets are eighty quid a pop. So um, we we're thinking, <laughs> we're thinking we're thinking about putting the Patreon fees up slightly. <laughs> Could you pay for a hotel? <laughs> oh, our dinner guest. Well, we could I'll just go. Dress up, we could just go up yeah. on the day. We haven't got to, you know, stay over. I don't know what the trains out of Lime Street are like at three a.m. Pretty sparse, I imagine. I'd say sparse. Yeah, <laughs> I once had an incident getting back from Birmingham. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's going to be much better from up that far, that far up north. Cool. So expect a GoFundMe near you soon, um, which will be basically uh, dinner, dress, and hotel fees, <laughs> train, train tickets. Uh, I, that's I, like a double-edged sword. It's like, oh, brilliant! We've been nominated, but it's going to cost us five hundred pounds to go, isn't it? Just, <laughs> I did ask them if they do it at Vicarage Road, but they said no. So you know, Anfield uh, it is. I do, I do. I do think it's a completely futile effort, and therefore exactly the kind of thing. We should do. I totally agree. We're making a concerted effort to do this, even though we are going to crash and burn. (laughs) I mean, not enough. The whole thing is about content, right? And apparently, what they do is they take half of the. uh, I've I've been looking at this. Oh God! Half of it is the, uh, the, the the public vote, and half of us. Is reviewing your content? Oh, well, that's oh shit! Well, we've just done a food review and a football podcast, so we're fucked. Yeah. Well, what happened? What happened? Um, well, they, they, they seem to have a uh, have a dog basically trying to choke on, on, <laughs> on bottle on lids, and they've got somebody RSPCA will be driving to Northwood listen, for some strange reason. Listen, with a backgammon. This is the kind of stuff that you remember from late nineties television when you came home from the pub. You'd put the word on, and there'd be you know the hopefuls, whatever it was, which would be people. <laughs> Mean you listen to it because there's nothing else. Exactly. You that. bet. I always remember you, you bet. bet. Yeah. Matthew Kelly. Well, that, originally Bruce Forsyth and then Darren Day. There's a wonderful, uh, there's a guy called Stuart Millard on YouTube. Look him up, who dissects 80s and 90s TV in a very, very clever way. And there's a whole one on You Bet, which is very, very funny. Really made me laugh. So <laughs> check him out. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, no, I mean, if, if it was, if everything was stats and, you know, XG and um, lineups and expected lineups, I mean, it, it, you know, you gotta, you gotta go off topic. There's other, there's other Watford podcasts for that stuff. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. You come, you come here your... for your meal deals. This is where you come. That's it. This is, this yeah. is where the, the, the real for, stuff. For happens. your curry houses to avoid, and, and and where they serve pigeon at kebab houses. This is yeah. where you come, mate. Public service. Public service number one. <laughs> Well, they said about the BBC, it's um, it's it's three staples: answer, educate, inform, and entertain. Hmm. Educate. I can honestly say that how many people listening to this knew that the captain of the Titanic came from Stoke until yep. the opposition preview? Yeah, there, there we go. You know, to inform and entertain. Yeah, well, okay, we're still working on those, but 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 remember the Stoke <laughs> Stoke <laughs> captain, <laughs> captain. Come on, one out of three ain't bad. There you go. You see, there you see. It's all it's all good, and uh, and we might be sort of putting a That's baking. Yes, it's not very easy for you to say. No, we might be adding a baking section to this at some point. Can someone get hold of Helen Ward again, please? I feel embarrassed to keep going. To go. Hello, do you remember these brownies that you promised? I think uh, I think we're going to need to go. Uh, going to need to go off piste with the brownies, like it was on piste in the first place. Yeah, there we go. I think you're right. I think so. We're all basically going to have to get tape measures out and measure our own kitchens. <laughs> Biggest one wins. Well, you. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I think I think with your um, we need to take into consideration your very robust camera tripod. Have you used that yet, by the way? Your uh, selfie what, the stick. One that, the one that I'm currently on. Oh look, look now he's weak. Now he give me a headache now doing that. Yeah. <laughs> what? 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 what was... 
he I was, take it that's not robust at all. He was anyway, wiggling his stick. That's what happened there. I've got my I've got my stick. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, there, there, there is there is one thing just to uh, to say of note, which was um, obviously very few people uh, would have would have got to the women's uh, first home game, which they drew one one against Durham, where Carly Johns got on the score sheet at the weekend. I was intended to go, and then the car was taken away from me, so I didn't get to Dartford in the end. But I watched it on uh, FA Player, which is worth getting if you're interested remotely in the women's team. Yeah, it's uh, it's basically it's on the App Store of Android or the Apple. Store or whatever you want, FA player, and basically they put on, seemingly, so far for the first two, all of the women's games live. They all kind of stagger them in the championship by an hour, so you can kind of uh, take take your choices to what you're going to watch. So I watched that uh, that that live this last Sunday. We were away at London Lionesses, or London City Lionesses, to give them their overly complicated name, and we did lose. It was 3-2. It was, <laughs> we went ahead uh, through Abby Lafayette, who uh, signed this year from, uh, from Ipswich, and we're doing really well. We had Michelle of Amyang, who is um, Amyang, sorry, I'll get it right in a minute, who is on what's called a dual registration from Arsenal. You know, she is, she was superb. I mean, you know, she's uh, she's a big forward, so she was causing them all sorts of problems, and she got a knock and had to go off, which is really regrettable because it really looked like she and the aforementioned Carly Johns were starting to put together a bit of a, a combination up front. Uh, one of them's tall, one of them's shorter. Uh, Carly got um, when we were we were three one down because we just kind of seemed to lose uh, the, the control of the game. They were on the front foot. They were kind of a bit, a bit more aggressive than we were. There's a number of as a whole host of new players in there from the from the Watford side. So there, there's also still kind of getting familiarity with that. Brought it back to three two with another cracking finish from from Carly Johns, um, and we're really pushing. The important thing about this particular game was you know we we nearly got something out of it. Really, really did. London City Lionesses are tipped for promotion because they've gone and basically in, in the close season they bought in a lot of uh, a lot of players in from the women's super league which is the top tier so they are very fancied in terms of how they might get on this this season and i think for for large parts we outplayed them and i think uh, damon lathrope will be disappointed with the goals that we we let ship it, ironically one of them came from the goalkeeper being being lobbed when i think you know basically we were overplaying it at the back does that sound like a familiar nightmare to you and me yeah that does sound yeah um yeah but it was a, it was a great finish nonetheless and it, it can happen because because the size of the goalkeepers in comparison to obviously the men's is is that much greater but this was because of, of, of kind of playing a little bit in the wrong area so decision making again something to work on but they'll be they'll be you know we'll be seeing how that all carries on they're away at Charlton Athletic on Sunday so I to get and have, have a look at iPlayer, uh, iPlayer, have a look at FA Player so you can uh, see if you can follow the game or indeed get back, get down and uh, look out for the details of them playing away at Charlton as there is no men's game uh, this week. To be fair, very nice. I wouldn't go to a men's game at Charlton because it's such a pain in the ass to get to. That's a shit oh my to god, it. what a pain in the ass the valley is to get to. That, that let me put you off if you're thinking of going, of course. Um, um, what was curious there, Peter? I, I, I was kind of looking away for a minute, so I didn't quite get. Did you say Durham play at Dartford, or am I totally missing the point of what you no, said? Sorry. The first game, the first game, which was played at the same time as the Blackburn game, was against Durham. So ah. we entertained them in the first game. It was a one-one draw. This last Sunday uh, played at one o'clock, and therefore shown, and as I say, shown on the uh, on the on the FA player was away at London City Lionesses. So those are the two teams we faced. Uh, Durham did well, pretty good last season. They've been in 
they're a pretty established championship side. So it's been it's there aren't going to be many weak games in this. Um, and all of those teams are full time. We are the only team in that division who will still be part time, with a view to trying to progress over a number of years at the right time to become to become full time, perhaps. So we wow. will see how it goes. Do not scratch your eyes. Somebody asked me why is elbow skin the same as testicle skin. <laughs> This is the FCA content right here, mate. I don't know. I, just, I was I just, just feeling say, my elbow. I was this is can I just say, those people out there, you, you, you're one of only, only, everybody is basically one of two types of people. You're either checking your elbow or wash your hands. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. And if you don't wash your hands, you must work in my local Indian. Yes, exactly. <laughs> That's very true. This is, um, yeah, okay. Um, I don't know is the answer. Okay, well, if that, somebody could find out for me, that'd be that'd be fantastic. Uh, do we have oh, any no, no. anthropologists amongst us at all? Is Charles Darwin a regular listener or something? Or <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've got, we've got Charles Darwin on hand to answer all of our testicle elbow questions. <laughs> <laughs> That's how bizarre it is, Peter. That's how... Yeah, well, you see, the, the thing is, the M1's a boring old place, and these questions were brought up, and I thought, well, I don't know what I, I don't know the answer to that. I'll, I'll oh. ask the, the good burgers of Watford that listen to uh, to this podcast. Well, there we go. I think if we do have anybody that can answer that, could you please DM Carl rather than <laughs> litter up our time, bombard our socials <laughs> with it? Because <laughs> well, I don't think we need to know. Football content, the football content awards just just moving closer, isn't it? it is. oh, I can mate, feel it. Are. It's in my grasp. It's, I can, right. I can feel oh. it. It's do not scratch your eyes or under the cosh. Right, now, which one are we going to... Oh, hold on. One of them's gone for elbow scrotum. Let's go for that. <laughs> well, if that doesn't win an award... I, I think that's know. probably a good place to sort of It end, probably is. It probably is a good place to say goodbye. Right, well, thank you for sticking through that, if you're still here. And hello <laughs> to the... hard uh, listen. <laughs> hello to the judges at the FCA. Please consider us for this. Uh, worthy prize. You can imagine what our acceptance speech will be like. It's going to be fantastic. Thank you very much for listening. Enjoy the international break. Enjoy your holiday, Carlos. And thank um, you. let's hope that uh, when we come back again, we're a bit more focused on proper things, not international <laughs> football, not not uh, not snacks. Testicle elbows. <laughs> not testicles and elbows. Uh, back to football. Remember that? That was the original break football yes that's right so uh, until then uh, look after yourselves everybody you owns you owns and i'd like to thank the academy and i'd like to thank, thank you very much to david bernstein the chief executive of the former football association Hodgson's back <laughs> The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Open them up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? <whistles> At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery free in terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.